everyone, this is Arnold with Horn Welcome, a show where we welcome Asian American restaurateurs, chefs, founders, and tastemakers. Welcome back to the Tableside series, a five part series where we do a deep dive featuring the staff and their stories from Ato Boy, Ato Mix, and Ato Ne. And um, we're chatting with Gina, who has a hand in all of these restaurants and projects, actually, as the project coordinator for the restaurant family. And she was actually the opening maitre d' at Atomix, so she helped train me when I joined just around this time last year. And uh, she's since transitioned to do and spearhead a lot of the collaborations that we did at the restaurant at Atomix and also at Atoboy. Um, there's a lot of different projects outside of the restaurants that we got involved in. And um, she was she helps schedule the itinerary and coordinates the planning for these collaborations. With the pandemic, she also got her hand involved in creating a new brand called Atone, which features uh, it's a merchant place and it is a collaborative effort between her, obviously Elia and JP, and the creative friends that we know. And uh, they've helped in creating merchant, uh, merchandise and goods for the store that feature some of our branding. So think hats, t-shirts, wine keys, Sharpies, stickers, and etc. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting to open up my conversation with Gina by kind of revisiting what this year could have been because uh, you know we had a lot of collaborations planned. So that's where we pick up the conversation. Afterwards, we'll talk a little bit about how Atone came to be. We basically had across Ataboy and Automix, again, like at least one collaboration per month, I would say, with chefs and restaurants that we were so excited to work with. Um, a lot of people who, you know, have in some way like pioneered so much of what we know as like the industry today from all over the world and COVID hit and it was just crazy. I remember like days leading up, like there, it first started in like China and then Korea where, you know, we all have some sort of family, if not friends and more there. So I feel like compared to maybe a lot of New Yorkers or Americans, we felt it like a lot more intimately before it hit us. So we were gearing up to it. And I remember meeting with Elia because we, you know, like the, I think up until like May, we had already like, you know, planned out the logistics such as like flights, uh, hotels for our guests. And me and Elia, I just remember like a few days or maybe like a week before we shut down because it kind of happened all of a sudden if I, if I'm not like traumatized and I'm remembering correctly. Um, and yeah, and then I was just like, Elia, should we cancel these flights? And she was like, we'll have, like, let's see. And then it's like, but let's not buy or like, like do any more planning. Cause we were in the, you know, we had a, we had a collaboration that we had announced um, with Central from Peru, which is obviously legendary. And we were so, so, so excited. Um, and I, I remember even emailing back and forth with the team down in Peru and we were all kind of, and I think it hit the South a lot later than it hit us also. 
But so we were like trying to communicate in terms of like planning because we had already gone back and forth from like about everything from what exact like produce they'd be bringing in. Like we had been scoping out like everything from ingredients, dec- decor. We were like working with our florists that we work with here. Um, you know, like there was so much already planned and we were kind of like, how are you guys feeling about COVID? And they had a much more casual approach than us, but, you know, and then we were just like, we had already, we already made this promise to guests, you know, like in a, in a way. And then we were like, how do we manage the situation? And then a few days later, we just shut down as a city and as a country. So it was like a crazy time. Um, And after that, you know, the first few weeks following was just like a scramble to like, like I couldn't get a a hold of like Delta for days or like, you know, like just, just so much crazy. Cause I feel like everyone, not just the restaurant industry. Yeah. But then like, you know, like the network of businesses and industries, it kind of collapsed and it, everyone was panicking. Um, the city was, just felt crazy. I, I don't know if you were here, but like every day was like sirens. I was here till May and it was, uh, it was depressing. I mean, depressing is honestly the right word. It was depressing. Yeah. And you know, New York city is all about this like crazy vibrant energy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's we're all town. just like, yeah, it was just nuts. <sighs> but <laughs> so, so, so this all happened you're calling Delta. Tell me, tell me about Atone a little bit and maybe you can share also what it is and how, how it came about. Cause I'm so curious. Yeah, so, so actually, so right after we um, had to shut down due to government mandates and we were all home, me and Elliot and JP kept in touch because one, there was all this projects that we needed to wrap up or, you know, like do something about. Yeah. But in the meantime, we are also, it, it felt crazy, but we still had to plan for the future, even if this was like an SOS plan, you know? So while we, so we're working on, and suddenly we all have so much time on our hands because it's a, at the end of the day, it's a restaurant. If we're not like on the field, like out there doing something, we're at home and, you know, it, it was really depressing for everyone, not just not just because of productivity, but, you know, there's like this sense of like despair and uselessness. Um, and then kind of a few weeks into it, Elia, it was, I think it was Elia that, you know, texted me or called me and was like, Hey, I have a project idea. Let's like, let's, are you free for a call later? And then I'm like thinking like, Oh my God, like the ever, ever productive Elia like what project could we possibly do like we are literally like in the depth yeah like this onset you know but you know in like the best way possible yes and then um so we have a I remember it was like a FaceTime meeting and it was like (laughs) like everyone's like FaceTiming with like no makeup on like in their pajamas and Elia kind of described Atone um and for anyone that doesn't know Korean, Atone is obviously Ato from the same um, character that we use for both Ato Mix and Ato Boy. It means um, gift in super ancient Korean. So it's not a word that's used anymore, but, you know, it's a pure Korean, quote unquote. 
And there is actually a Korean suffix um, that makes like a positive, I mean, possessive um, term. So atone means like atos. But in Korea, like people usually say someone there if you're describing someone's house. So for me, my name's Gina. So it's like Chinane means like Gina's house. So atone was actually, um, even though we actually just established it um, just a short time ago, um, Elia said her and JP had thought about the concept, like at the same time they were ideating at a boy. And fun fact is that they actually thought about auto mix before auto boy, but you know, the way that things manifested. Um, so Atone was always a concept that they had in terms of kind of like a merchant place concept where, you know, um, there were a lot of ideas and still there are, but they kind of thought of it as like a catch all merchant place where there would be like in anyone's house, like food items, like clothing, other like, you know, like anything from like a toy figure to, uh, you know, art object. Um, so it's kind of like catch all um, merchant brand that we started. And we kind of figured that, or I came to kind of jump on ship and, but Elia and JP kind of thought of it as a project that we could um, start in the pandemic because they, like, I think JP and Elia both have this really great sense of like, optimism and like the sense of productivity that isn't tied to this like you know very tiring like all about production but you know like the kind of they believe in the energy that you get from doing work and doing work that you love um so you know it's it's kind of it came from like that kind of sentiment that they they had they kind of saw a lot of our own employees their own friends and you know peers and other people becoming really down and depressed in their energy because of the fact that we couldn't do anything and we felt like helpless and, you know, like, you know, like I feel like everyone will identify with how we felt in the beginning of the pandemic, like super anxious, super helpless um, in so many different ways. So they were kind of like, why don't we do this project? At this point, I feel like none of us kind of, not that we didn't take it seriously, but we didn't know if it would just be a temporary little side project to keep us like busy and productive. Um, and now um, I guess it, it it's here to stay and we are building out on it, but it became a project. We started contacting a lot of our um, creative friends. So our designer that designs menu cards for Atomix and has also helped across out of voice pro new products and stuff. His name's Chris Lee. Um, he was with us at the onset of the project and he helped us like design the logo. And then it was really me, Elia and JP kind of scrambling, contacting creatives that we knew or like our friends to see if they would be open to, because at this point we didn't have any sort of, you know, production knowledge or network. Um, so we really reached out to a lot of the creatives that we knew, including like artists here in New York City, um, artists and friends that we have in Korea who are either in like fashion, um, jewelry making, all this different. Um, and then we kind of gave them our spiel. And a lot of them are really kind enough, I would say, to, you know, shake hands with us on this and kind of pull through with really quick turnaround. So yeah, like all of our products that we've like made so far, um, 
is on our website. And some of them are literally our partners, like Kisundo and Gotham Grove. Um, like a lot of the pantry items that we use at Auto Mix and Attaboy, like as well as branded products that me and Elia made, um, such as like Sharpies, wine key, stickers, shirts, phone cases. <laughs> we also did uh, everything. We we and we also did something that I know um, Elia or Attaboy has always wanted to do, which is a wine collaboration with Brock Sellers in California. Yeah, so like. It really did, at, at, to be very, very transparent at the beginning, because I was in such a, like a down, depressed place, I was like, why are we doing this? Not why, as in, but it, it felt like, you know, like, what? You know, like, this is suddenly so much work. But as we got the ball rolling, I, I totally got that kind of energy that, you know, that Ellie and JP wanted from the project, but also to give to our guests or our supporters or even like random people who stumble upon the site or a brand where it's just like, I feel like at the core, um, you know, even though I feel like restaurants or food gets put into more of a utility focused category, it is such a creative industry. And yeah, yeah. And like, you know, while, for example, JP, um, his profession is as a chef, like people know him for his food, but he's such a creative person. He like has design ideas for clothing, um, you know, like loves music. And then like this became an outlet for us to be creative, even when we couldn't do it in the way that our professions kind of allow us to. First of all, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, the second thing is, in addition to like collaborators and creative people, some of them were actually like guests too, right? That helped you out. The people that, that that frequent the restaurants. So, like one really amazing example that we have is Amber. Amber Vittoria. She's been. She's like our. I think me. Her and her now husband. If I if I know this correctly. Um, like, for example, they've been our regulars at Auto Boy since basically we opened. And um, so Amber and her, I, I'm, I hope I'm quoting this correctly, her now husband, David. Yes, it is um, David. Yeah, they got engaged. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And married, I'm bad with names, which was a huge pitfall when I was a host. But, but um, yeah, so they actually, it's like a, a crazy story because they were regulars at Auto Boy. They became very, very good friends with Elia and JP. Um, they obviously became a pretty frequent regular at Auto Mix. David proposed to Amber at Auto Mix, you know, like, and now they're married, like, still such good friends of Auto and, of course, Elia and JP. And Amber is a really amazing artist. And, you know, we've all loved her art as a, as her supporters and her fan and as her friends. But she also, when we launched Adonai, um, we talked to her about it and she um, decided to make custom like original artworks to, for us to sell through Adonai. So this, and you know, they sold up so quickly. They're really amazing. They're really like, in, they're inspired by um, meals that she's had at Ado, both Ado Boy and Ado Mix. And, you know, people like 
loved it. We loved it. And it was such an amazing kind of story. And it was something that really, again, gave us so much energy and optimism to really, you know, survive this time. Because that's like a testament to what restaurants are or what, you know, this culture is all about. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's been six months since, you oh, know, oh my God. I want to, I want to touch on this cause I want to see how you were, how you dealt with everything in the last six months. You know, you said, you said in the beginning, feeling help, uh, helpless, hopeless and everything less associated because I yeah. am, I felt the everything same way. Bad. Yeah. Everything, I everything, felt everything bad. bad, mad, sad, yeah. tired. So, but <laughs> tell me through about that progression and like maybe where you're at now and like how the last few months have been for you. Again, I'm so thankful, I think, reflecting on the last, I guess, I can't believe it's six months, but the last six months, because I really do feel like without having kind of our Ato family, especially Elia and JP, who have really tirelessly led the ship through the last, you know, six months, because without kind of, you know, us being there for each other, encouraging each other, pushing each other, giving each other like a sense of optimism and energy, it's like truly so hard, I feel like, to survive this time, not just as a person, but as a professional, especially the restaurant industry. Because anyone that's been following the restaurant industry or any articles coming around around it, like knows how impacted we are, I think by design we are the weakest link because, you know, I, I totally get the, why the government is really hesitant to reopen restaurants because of the nature of the virus. But just professionally, I think I kind of swing between like being angry or sad about what's currently happening in our industry because amazing beloved restaurants are closing left and right. And it literally feels like this like battlefield with like no helping hand almost, at least so far. But I think that I've gotten to a more healthy place thanks to like the strength of and community of like Atto family and also of course our supporters and our guests. And so I am optimistic in terms of I've gotten to a place where I'm optimistic and I'm kind of spending most of my energy trying to figure out creative ways for not just like us and our restaurants, but like the industry to survive together. Because I feel like at this point, like there's no time for us to really like sulk or be like sad and bad period. Like, I just feel like it feels really hard and unfair, but I'm really inspired by how people are showing up. Like both Atto Boy and um, like the team um, at Atto Fam, even during the pandemic where we are having such a hard time keeping afloat, we still, you know, and I wasn't the part of the decision-making process, but we still showed up for our community in so many different ways. So many of the managers and um Elia and JP, of course, were so self-sacrificing and ensuring not just the health of our immediate family and employees, but, you know, like so many meals that they donated to people that are, were in need or like the healthline workers. 
And it really reminded me of like what the spirit of hospitality is all about, which is being there for each other and making sure that, you know, we all, we all see it through. So I'm at a place where I'm optimistic, I would say, and working hard to make sure that we're not let down. You know, not to be too political, but I think at this point, I'm also like reading a lot about like politically how this is involved, like, like in terms of what government needs to do, really like needs to do to help restaurants survive. And also making sure that if not like anyone else, like educating my friends and family about the importance of restaurants, like outside of it as a business model, but just for, you know, like, like first dates, like celebrations, birthdays, graduations, like so many special memories. Um, Like restaurants are just like the heart of any city, I feel like. So, you know, I think it's kind of, balancing that sense of like the mission and the purpose of restaurants and hospitality and also kind of focusing that energy to like realistic solution driven methods like whether that's participating in any form of like protest or writing to anyone that's elected you know it's a balance but I think just trying to focus energy to being I guess productive in that sense and seeing what everyone else is doing is always so inspiring based on that right like looking at what everyone else is doing and I think reading reading up is very important too because I think that restaurants are being held at a much higher standard than before in terms of we have to kind of voice where we're at where we stand on things even if we like it or not because that is just what is expected. And if it, whether that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. That's not for me to say, but I think it's pretty interesting. And I think it's cool that restaurants are progressing in that manner because to your point, it is much more than just a drinking or eating establishment, right? But for you personally, uh, before I send you off and ask maybe like a last question, uh, you, you, you spoke on it a little bit, but like what is your general outlook, do you think, for the industry ahead? and maybe even your like professional career? First, the industry-wise, I think it's very, very heartbreaking and unfortunate that the reality is like, I think the landscape as we know it will change fundamentally. Like there's already been so many closures that we didn't expect because these were healthy, successful, beloved restaurants um, that closed... um, So one, I think just in terms of pure, like landscape wise, it's inevitable that so many restaurants will close and I'm really sad and mad about that. But I think, um, I personally have the sense of optimism that hopefully after this pandemic is over and after, the closures come to a stop, hopefully. Um, there will be a time of like reconciliation like reconciliation of the public and both like internally as an industry about like one, the importance of restaurants and how the city will not be able to go on without these institutions. 
um, small and big, like both mom and pop takeout spots and, you know, like Thomas Keller's restaurants. Like the, the city, the city like does really, the culture is made from these restaurants, you know? So I think that one, hopefully, even though it'll be difficult, it'll be a chance for both people um, in the industry and people outside of it to really think about like why restaurants matter. And then too, I'm hoping that after that, we'll see a second like wave of resurgence, but the, like restaurants as an industry and hopefully um, getting kind of more technical here, but all these commercial vacancies, um, evictions, et cetera, I'm hoping that hopefully that'll mean that in the short future, um, New York City will hopefully become a little more realistic again as a place where entrepreneurs um, in the restaurant industry can have a chance at, you know, having a functioning, sustainable business model. And I'm hoping at that point, like, you know, and if we're talking about people, not just, you know, businesses, restaurants employ so like probably, I, I don't know if I'm correct on this, but one of the most, um, like number of people are employed in, in restaurants, especially in a city like New York City. So if you're thinking about, you know, just like everyone from like busboys to dishwashers to like these top chefs, um, I'm hoping that the people have, will find um, enough reason to try again and to try to make it better. And I'm hoping that after the bad time is over. We'll have this amazing time where people with vision and passion will have space and the means to, you know, try something new in ways that were maybe not possible before the pandemic, which is a, uh, which is a very optimistic thinking. And some people like outright disagree with me and they're, they're just like, it's just going to be doing weeds everywhere. <laughs> But hopefully not. I'm really hoping against that. So hopefully for me, I think it's undeniable that in the short term future, it'll just be heartbreak after heartbreak, like very unfair. But I'm hoping that afterwards, maybe the clearing will give like a chance to people that really deserve it. Personally, outside of any like technical um, goals, I just really love being in the, in the same way that the reason why I was drawn to out of boy in the first place. Um, I really just love work that kind of connects multiple disciplines of like art and culture. And I personally think that food or the restaurant industry is such an underdog when it comes to it. Cause people don't think of it as art the way that they think of like drawn art or like music or you know things like that but for me like not just fine dining but any great food culture is seriously such it's like such an art form and for me I think I find a lot of meaning and like passion I'm passionate about like putting it on the same level in whatever form and I also really enjoy like connecting different dots so I'm not sure what I'll be doing in five years or three or one, (laughs) 
but I'm hoping that to do my part in like highlighting food culture and restaurant world and like its creative people like further in the future. Thanks Gina for being on the podcast and uh, sharing your side of the story and how Atune came to be because I love what Atune stands for and how collaborative it is in nature. And I think it's just another glimpse of how restaurants can live in a new landscape is online and digital and having a website and selling things online as opposed to um, in-person experiences and interactions. Because for the time being, it's, it's really um, not happening anytime soon. So I, I love how, again, collaborative it was, but also how early we were to creating our own merchant place and hopefully it, it continues to thrive. So for people that are interested, you can follow Atone on Instagram. Ato, so A-T-O dot N-A-E. And then the website is Atone, spelled A-T-O-N-A-E dot com. And again, you'll find some really great things on there such as hats and t-shirts, but also we're also selling the same plates and bowls that we use at Ato Boy from Soil Baker, which I which I love and I think would be a great addition to any kitchen. Tomorrow I'm gonna to be featuring staff from Ato Mix, which is the restaurant I work at and uh, spent a lot of time in before the pandemic. And we'll be featuring stories from the bartender, a server, and uh, the current chef de cuisine. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you tomorrow.